Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby, with Consultant 360. Our guest today is Anne Rose, who is a PharmD at the University of Wisconsin and UW Health. She will be speaking with us about her recent session at the Anticoagulation Forum, during which she discussed high-dose versus low-dose anticoagulation therapy and the debate around duration of therapy. Thank you so much for joining us today, Anne. To begin, can you give us a brief overview of your session and any of the research that you presented? Yeah, so the overview of our of our session is really to focus on, you know, the duration of anticoagulation therapy in patients that uh, are diagnosed with, with VTE. So looking at the patients that are appropriate for, you know, the usual kind of three to six months, who to consider for some of that extended uh, anticoagulation therapies. And then we dive into some of the low-dose options for the direct oral anticoagulants or the DOAC class, um, looking at some of that data uh, to see, you know, when we would maybe want to consider utilizing more of the prophylactic dose uh, for that extended anticoag therapy. Great. Um, so let's dig in a little bit. Let's talk more about the patient um, groups, the populations who um, would qualify for anticoagulation therapy, and uh, let's take it through low dose to high dose and just kind of talk about that. Yeah, our, our presentation is really kind of split into two groupings. We have the group of patients where, you know, their VTE is, is caused by a particular agent, you know, commonly known as like the provoked group. And so we go down the route of looking at like the causative factor. Um, is it something that's more of like a major versus a minor risk factor? Uh, we talk a lot about a risk benefit discussion, especially when you know patients finish that initial treatment stage and who then to consider for extended therapy. So again, looking at patients who have provoked BTE by one of these more minor risk factors or who maybe are at a lower risk for overall like bleeding from anticoagulation. You know, I think the, the theme of our presentation is to try to keep patients on anticoagulation therapy as long as possible. Um, we know that when patients come off anticoagulation therapy, there is a potential for the risk to, to have another event. Um, so it's really finding those patients where it is you know, safest from that risk-benefit standpoint to not do extended therapy. And for those patients that we are considering for extended therapy, then, you know, who is that category of potentially looking at the lower dose? Um, so we look at for the unprovoked category, which typically are those patients that have VTE. We don't really have a good um, factor as to why they got it. Um, and then really, again, going down that risk benefit of who really are the highest risk patients, those are the groups that we're going to be keeping on full dose anticoag, you know, extended versus those patients that have been um, studied in some of these newer DOAC studies where we can maybe go down and do more of the prophylactic dosing. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
Um, can you talk a little bit about risk stratifying those patients? How do you determine um, those patient populations? Yeah, for, for the provoked group, um, a lot of it is looking at the, that causative factor. So if it's like a, a major risk factor, um, like let's say surgery, for example, you know, we know that those patients typically don't have um, a huge risk for recurrence. So, so those are the really clear-cut patients of, yes, we can treat for that three months and feel pretty confident that they can come off of anticoagulation. Um, it's the groups that, you know, they have a minor risk factor that caused it um, or a non-surgical trigger where we just don't have uh, as good of information. We know there is a risk for recurrence. And that's when you start looking at, okay, well, what is their overall bleeding risk? Does the risk for bleeding then outweigh extending these patients? Um, there are some risk um, prediction tools that we cover as well, like looking at, um, you know, is your patient female or male? Do they have any other type of underlying thrombophilia that, you know, might weigh into that uh, as well? Is the factor that caused the VTE still present or is it gone? So, so we, we kind of walk through um, a couple of those examples to really uh, hone in on how do you do those risk-benefit scenarios and whether, you know, to stop your patient on anticoag versus continue. A lot of it really is looking at the bleeding risk for the patient um, to determine whether or not it's, it's, you know, worth it, I guess, in a sense. Are we getting enough benefit from preventing VTE without tipping the scale on the side of bleeding? And then those patients that have, you know, more unprovoked, uh, again, kind of looking at the, the different extension trials. So we talk about for like the cancer patient population and the, the data that's out there from treating beyond, you know, that 12 months, depending whether cancer is still present or not. We look at, you know, some of the lack of data too that, that's out there for using these prophylactic doses and really determining, you know, when to consider um, consider those patients. I think that's an area that we still need more information on, you know, who, who are those patients that we could trial these lower doses in that extended anticoagulation phase. Um, we have some initial studies, but again, they typically have only followed patients for about a year, so we still don't know like the long-term whether risks or benefits from doing that. So that's kind of an area that we talk about as, as still needing some more information before putting everybody, you know, on a prophylactic dose after that first year of, of full-dose anticoagulation. Great. Um, so what would you say, um, I know you started talking about this, but what would you say is the next step for research? What else needs to be um, extrapolated? Yeah, I think that's the, really the biggest area is, is kind of looking at the extended phase. You know, we, we have a good sense of knowing that patients should at least be treated full-dose anticoag for the first three to six months. I think that's really not too controversial. Um, so we, we know that that's at least our baseline, right? We start there. Um, and then really everything kind of beyond that is, is kind of where we're not, uh, you know, 100% sure. We, we obviously always lean towards continuing because we know that um, that's really going to help prevent against recurrence. 
But I think in, in these situations where you have patients with different risk factors on, on top of their VTE, so they have cancer, they have thrombophilias, they are a warfarin versus a DOAC patient, um, they have different levels of, you know, bleeding risk factors. It, it's kind of those patients where we're just not sure, you know, are we doing more harm or, or more good from doing these extended, extended treatments? Um, and then again, looking at, uh, of course, can we utilize more low-dose um, options? And I think the other area, too, is, you know, patients that are at a high risk of bleeding, and, and maybe they did bleed or had an event, you know, if you're stopping anticoagulation for that bleeding event, what does it look like from a restarting standpoint? Is it beneficial to restart in, in certain patient populations, um, again, to make sure they're not having recurrent VTE events? I think that's still an, an area where many of us clinicians are a little bit hesitant, you know, to, to say we know for sure the answer of, of how to treat those patients. Um, okay, so then what would you say are your overall uh, clinical take-home messages from your session, um, and how would those take-homes be implemented in practice? Our take-home message really is three points. One, you know, do you have a cause for what caused the VTE? So looking at um, do we know if it was from a certain risk factor or not? I think our biggest take-home point is this risk-benefit discussion. So again, you know, we pretty much agree that this treatment time frame of three to six months is, is really where we should be striving for every patient. And then those risk-benefit um, discussions come in with the patient afterwards and really tying in the patient to that too you know, we, we very frequently look at, oh, here are their risk factors for clotting, here's the risk factors for bleeding. Um, but we also have really stressed in this presentation, like making sure that you're getting your patient preference too, um, and that the patients have a voice in, in how they want the direction of their care to go. Uh, so having that discussion on, you know, is it worth it to do extended therapy um, versus ending after that initial treatment time. Um, and then the next step, you know, doesn't need to be full dose in that extended uh, realm or, or can we do a prophylactic dose? And then I think the other part too is just a regular reassessment. So, you know, if, if at that initial conversation your patient decides, yeah, I want to continue, uh, making sure that we're not just putting those patients on anticoagulation and then never having those discussions again. So making sure that you know, whether it's annual or biannual, however long you're, however frequent you're seeing the patient, to, you know, continue to have those re risk reassessments. We know patients' um, bleeding risks will change over time, you know, depending on what their, what their age is or other, other factors that they have. Um, same thing with uh, VTE recurrence. Those things can change over time, too. So just making sure that we are continually looking at that and, and having those risk reassessments. I like also that you brought up the multidisciplinary team, but also including the patient in the decision-making process. Uh, that's one of the themes that I've heard. I've interviewed a couple of other speakers at the, at the forum, and, uh, and that seems to be a theme from all their sessions. So. Oh, nice. Good. Yeah, I, I think that's really been the kind of a hot topic in healthcare lately is, you know, making sure that the patient's voice is heard. Um, I know from a pharmacist standpoint, um, we're always taught that, you know, if your 
you can prescribe whatever you want to the patient, but if they don't actively take it and, and participate, then you're obviously not going to see the benefit of, um, of, of what you're trying to treat or help along the way. So, you know, having the patient buy-in is huge, uh, from, um, even from a compliance and adherence standpoint. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for answering my questions. Great. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for reaching out.